time for a PBFG quick hitter. Welcome to the call week nine. Back from the dead, we actually have Alex. Uh, I'm Joe, your co-host, BMATFTS on Twitter, the keeper of the reel, and here's the man of the hour. How's it going, Joe? Happy to be back. Sorry for the uh, little mess earlier this week. You guys can find me at I underscore like underscore sports six. What a week so far, Joe. I, I think this one actually works out that we came in a little late because we, we have a little bit more clarity on what we're talking about. Obviously, the biggest story of the week and the most relevant story for me is it's clearly Aaron Rodgers. We're going to spend at least an hour talking about if he's vaccinated and how much he should be. No, oh. Before we get we're gonna into get this. very political too. We're gonna talk about all all the political uh, conversations. Science aside, his sign. Mm-hmm. all that really matters is how this affects your ballot. No, exactly. Before we get into this, I'm gonna preface it with it might go long, so this might even turn into a quick hitter. But Alex, is there anything that's been on your mind this week regarding the NFL? So the Odell Beckham Jr. experiment is over in Cleveland. He was released earlier today. I know you're very happy about it. I think ultimately it's a good thing for the team. I, I'm really curious to see more information as it comes out because there it seems like there are a lot of conflicting reports on what attitudes are on the Browns. There A lot of reporters are coming out from with various levels of going after OBJ or saying that he was disruptive uh, anywhere from national people to local people. But then you have teammates coming out and saying he was a great teammate the whole time. I think it's probably a mix of both. I think realistically it's going to be the, the OBJ that we've often seen, which is he was disgruntled behind the scenes. People knew about it but he wasn't actively disruptive until this last week, which is what some stuff has come out and I had seen from uh, the Orange and Brown report, which is a, a good Brown site that has really good insider information. And they had talked about it, that they knew he was, you know, he, he didn't want to be there, but they were blindsided this weekend by him coming out and saying, no, I'm out and then actively getting disruptive. So I think he was a good teammate up until this point, up until this last weekend, and then kind of orchestrated this this huge ouster, which obviously worked. I'm I'm interested to see where he goes, what what the true story is. But either way, I think the Browns can go back to an offense where everyone is okay in their role. Everyone knows what they're doing. They buy into their role. Even with, you know, some of the bigger names, if you have a Jarvis Landry or whatever that wants the ball more, but he still is very good where there are games where he only gets a couple targets or only gets two catches for 13 yards. For the most part, he's fine because he understands that he that's the way the offense goes. And OBJ, unfortunately, he needs a lot of targets to get going, to feel confident, to feel a part of the offense. And that's not what the Browns offense is. And it's not what Baker Mayfield is. It's not what Stefanski is. They're not a force feed the ball to this guy. We're always looking for him. We're improv. We're improving on routes. It's very much a timing. We're going and attacking this weakness in the defense rather than we're going towards our guy. Which honestly, I I have questions about the the long term success of the Stefanski system like that. But they're not a good fit. It wasn't it, everyone's going to look worse because of it. Baker's going to look worse because of it. OBJ is going to look worse because of it. So I think what we're going to get is the Browns offense should be better. 
I, even though, you know, you're losing that talented player and some of that field stretching ability where now you know, you're not going to get double teams to one guy. I think it opens up the offense in that everyone just they're clearer on what they're doing. Nobody feels pressure to go one way or another. And it's obviously good for OBJ because whether he ends up on another team that someone claims him and he doesn't have say or he gets to pick his team, most likely he's going to go to a team that is going to give him the targets he wants. And then he's going to pick. Well, and I think what's going to happen is he's going to have success because he's going to get nine targets and he's going to bust a play because he still has some ability like that, but he's also going to drop balls and going to have, you know, some of these stinker highlights too. But on Twitter, it'll probably get overlooked and it'll just be a ha ha Browns. Now, ideally, the Browns offense clicks a little bit like we've seen in previous years and even this year when obj hasn't been there so then you can kind of go okay yeah it really was just a bad fit but i think odell's gonna be successful assuming he goes to at least a decent situation he's still he's not the guy he used to be but i think he still has enough juice that he can bust some plays and do some exciting stuff i've heard it's going to come down to the saints and the raiders uh unless somebody puts in a waiver claim and then it's wild wild west um and you know what? I don't think he plays well on either of those fucking teams either. Like, I, the Saints don't have a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, see, I see. I think the Saints he would hate. You know, Adam Schefter, like, put out a bunch of, you know, photoshops of OBJ and other uniforms. And I think the first few he had were he had the Packers, which OBJ would love there. Probably. I don't think he's in their top four wide receivers. I think, I think just by name, it. though, he would. Well, you have to remember that it's all perception there and they're just chucking the ball at the, the name. But then the other three teams they had were the saints, the Patriots and the 49ers. He would hate all three teams. The 49ers are the exact same offense with a worse quarterback. The, the Patriots are a bad offense that doesn't really throw the ball that much and have, they throw it a lot for two yards. So he's going to fucking get so frustrated immediately. Yeah, they don't throw the routes that OBJ wants, that they're not throwing. You know, he might get a couple deep shots, but he lives in the intermediate, and they don't throw them. And then the Saints, Trevor Simeon's throwing him the ball. He's he's going to be demanding a trade before the season's over. But yeah. I agree with you on the Saints. I think you would like the Raiders. See, the problem is, I, again, I think on the Raiders, he's what their fourth best receiver. Like, I would rather have, first of all, Darren Waller's their best receiver. Right. And Foster Moreau ain't no slouch at tight end, too. He starts on probably 20 teams, eh, at least 15. So they have two awesome tight ends. Their philosophy is that they like to run the ball. And then at wide receiver, they have Hunter Renfro, elite slot, and he doesn't get the ball enough. They have, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? The goddamn draft Twitter darling. They have um, Edwards. Yes, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards. I don't think he's as good as Brian Edwards because Brian Edwards goes deep and jumps up. And that's what Derek Carr needs because most of his jump or most of his deep balls are just jump balls. So he doesn't fit. He's not going to be one of their top two targets. And then I guess he could take the spot of Ruggs, but Ruggs wasn't getting that many looks either. See, I think they would they would probably shift their offense around. I mean, he's still obviously Waller's getting the most targets, but I think they would they would probably change it around to get OBJ involved more. Maybe, but again, how, how much is Greg Olson? interim offensive coordinator going to be able to alter the offense that John Gruden wrote like I it's a big ask 
He'll yeah. probably go to the Raiders expecting the ball, and he probably just won't get it as much as he expects, and the team will probably suck. Yeah, I mean, I think they they probably have a lot of, you know, a good chunk of plays in the playbook for, you know, that X receiver, but they just don't call them that much. So they could just start calling them more. And there would be a little bit of, you know, getting getting the team more acclimated since they haven't practiced it as much. But I think it would be it wouldn't be a humongous thing. Now, I don't think anywhere that he's going to if those are his top two options, he'll he'll get the ball more and he'll like it more. But it's not going to be some some spot that has a renaissance and then he's getting the ball. He's getting 14 targets a game and he's back to 120 yards and a touchdown every time. I wanted to I go know, to the man. Ravens. I wanted to go to the Ravens so he could be wide receiver six because I think he's legitimately the sixth best wide receiver on that roster, assuming health, of course. I I think there's probably a little a little more down on him because I think I I think he looks worse with the Browns because he doesn't fit. And the yeah, same reason Baker Baker looked worse with Odell because they they just don't fit together. They they play different styles of football. But what can you do? Like just theoretically, what can you do with a wide receiver that's fast, but not really that fast? He's small, he's got bad hands, and he doesn't adhere to his routes. Like he's he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. If he's supposed to run a three yard slant, it's five or it's two yards. It's never three. See, I think though with with a quarterback that doesn't play in structure, a guy that also isn't he's not a precise dude that is taking his three steps and throwing, where if you get a you have a Lamar or a Kyler or Josh Allen or like, obviously he's not going to go to those teams, but if you have a quarterback like that, that is improvising, I think they get on the same page there because they just, but they do have to gel. And that's why I don't think he's going to have like a quick, you know, he's not going to have 120 yards in his first week, just because it's, he has to get chemistry with the quarterback. Well, the other problem we have is that, for the last year or so that he's been playing, so like in his last 16 games, Odell's developed a bad habit of not finishing his plays. So like when things do break down and you do get to the second reaction play, he's not he's not getting open. Like he, you know, it's not that he can't separate; it's that he's not looking to continue with the extended play. He's been taking plays off. He's been jogging late in the route. Like, and maybe that's because he's frustrated he's in Cleveland. But if you're going to rely on being a second reaction merchant. That's kind of got to be your thing. Well, so <coughs> I I do think that he's not finishing routes because he didn't want to be in Cleveland. He didn't care. He's just trying to get him to trade him. But it's not even necessarily that he I'm saying he's only going to live in like the broken play world. I'm just saying that when he's, you know, not super precise, but he's trying to read defenses or whatever, playing with a quarterback that also plays that way that isn't relying on, you know, guys to be in spaces, but is truly just trying to see what the defense is doing or where there will be holes. They're more likely to then see OBJ finding a hole, even if it's not his route. You know what I'm, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I gotcha. Whereas just because Baker is very much, he's, he's a rhythm guy and he does find stuff out of structure, but it's not his greatest strength. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go to Seattle because that describes Russell Wilson, second reaction, not really playing to the rhythm of the offense. And he's never going to get the ball because he's their third best wide receiver. And he's not particularly good at doing the only thing that Russell Wilson can do, which is run straight. Yeah, see, I think he he he's smart enough to not go to Seattle knowing that he's going to be at the highest third on their depth chart. 
but Russell Wilson is the type of quarterback. Any of those guys that live, you know, him on top of the guys I already mentioned. But yeah, it's going to be tough to end up on any of those teams for him. So he he's not going to have a seamless fit until probably next season if he does find one at all. Man, I, I this we, whole I this whole situation is, is a top two wide receiver. Yeah, I, I I I'm just really interested to see. I'm I'm so so fascinated by this whole situation to see how other people still value him because he's going to want a lot of money in the off season. He's not getting it, and I don't know if he's going to get it. Now the cap's going to jump. But it's it's tough for anyone to give him a lot of money when because on top of just you don't know if he's good anymore. You you probably think he's still good, but you don't know. I mean, how much has he been hurt the last few years? Like, that's that's the other thing you really have taken into account is he's playing right now, but he's his shoulders messed up. He, you know, tore his ACL last year. He broke his leg three, four years ago. 29 year old on earth. Seriously. And and so I think that's where it's going to be tough for him to find anyone that's going to give him $14 million and a promise that he's going to get seven targets a game. I think he could maybe get 10. Like I, I, even with the cap jumping, I think 10 is, I think he's looking at being a wide receiver three somewhere. Yeah. But then, uh, or does he go and say, screw you, I'll go and take $5 million this year to go play for someone that I get to go pick. So then he goes and picks Tampa or Green Bay or, you know, somewhere where he, it's a quarterback that he knows he's going to fit with and knows we'll just chuck the ball to him if he's open. But I think it's more likely he knows he's 29. He's going to be by that time coming up on 30 and potentially not having a good season since 2019. And he's a torn ACL and, another shoulder injury removed from that. So I don't know. It's, but there could also be a desperate team that throws a bunch of money at him and says, come on, we still think you can do it. I don't know. I think that the bigger thing here is that it is figuring out how the Browns are going to react as a team. Like is getting rid of OBJ going to be the massive boon that we think it will be? How divided is the locker room? And you, you touched on this earlier, but we have heard literally opposite things from very reputable sources every browns player that has spoken to the media has said something along the lines of you know if odell beckham could come back and help the team i would really love that and that's kind of like a couch statement because like he can't come back and help the team because he isn't good at helping the team and he's also a dick so like maybe that's just like company policy say a positive thing kiss his ass on the way out the door and then lock the door but uh, you know, and then you have like Aditi Kikabwala, who's a very reputable reporter, did a really good job on her report on the Browns yesterday, actually, saying things along the lines of, you know, the Browns have a united front. Nobody really, there's no division. There's nobody who doubts Baker. It's just worrying about the, ba- the Bengals. But, you know, you've got the OBR, which you referenced earlier, saying maybe there is a little bit of division. And you've got quotes in the media from the players that could look like divisions such as miles garrett saying i don't think it should have gotten this far like i don't think he should have been off the team like i think it's gone too far you know you've got a bunch of browns players reaching out and saying like thank you to him for his time so i don't know i think that we're going to learn everything we need to know about baker as a player in his career on this sunday like i mean if he if he plays poorly I think it's time to wrap up the talk of him being great because this isn't a very good defense and his wide receiving core is going to be the best it's been all year because Odell's gone and they need this game like crazy. And this is the kind of pressure that gets put on a great quarterback. So like, you know, if he doesn't have it today, 
that's not good. Um, that said, every time we've said, if he doesn't have it this time, he's had it in spades. Like, this past Steelers game, he looked awesome. So... Yeah, and and we did it last year too, where it was it was the Bengals game last year that turned it around. Where I mean, I think it was week seven or week eight of last year that week everyone, seven. myself included, it got to the point of maybe he's not it. I was and totally out on him. I was totally yeah. this oh, point yeah, last were, year. I was done. Totally I was done. furious. I I was yeah. mad at myself for missing on him because I had him as a top prospect coming out. I was like, motherfucker, how did I miss? I don't miss like this. Yeah, and and then he came out, and it was the Cincy game that turned it around for him. And that was a high-pressure game for different reasons, and it wasn't as high-pressure coming in, but he pulled off that crazy drive to win the game with a minute left. And that kind of kick-started the year, so I agree with you. If if he's going to do it, it's this week. You know, they, they don't have Conklin but they should have wills. So you don't, you still have your hands playing. You don't have to put James Hudson in, which is as all his hands is in. They are a good offensive tackle pairing. It is fine. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're not going to, they're not going to dominate, but they should be fine. Good enough. And uh, Donovan people Jones uh, is apparently good to go. The team is getting healthier. They're, they're in, you know, their backs against the wall. And Stefanski said, Probably the most like urgent thing he said since he's been hired about a game this week, saying it's it's a we gotta win. When he said it's a must win, basically. And and, and I will say when when Stefanski's had his back up against the wall, or at least felt the fear, like he felt the fear against the Steelers in the playoffs, he felt the fear against Kansas City week one and in the playoffs. When he feels the fear, they throw. Yeah, and I, I think there's going to be a little bit of the team rallies around Baker. Because even though I I do, there are definitely guys on the team that support OBJ and think that the Browns fucked up. But I don't think that because they support OBJ, they're not supporting Baker or the team. I I don't think those are you know mutually exclusive. That you have if you support OBJ, you don't support Baker because you can say OBJ wasn't a fit here. He he just doesn't fit the offense, which he doesn't. Baker should have thrown the ball more, but. There are a lot of factors in the offense isn't set up that way. Stefanski's not whatever and believe that Baker's the quarterback because a lot of those guys have been on the team for a couple of years and seen Baker do really well. So even though they wish OBJ was still on the team and they're upset their friend is gone, they still have their own lives that they care about a lot. And that's the Browns. They they apparently still believe in Baker, even if they uh, the reports have said everyone still believes in Baker. So. It, I think that this is very much a chance for them to rally around and kind of circle the wagons, regardless of wishing OBJ was there. They're still fighting for their own lives and their own season and the guys that are there. And this is a division game, a must win that I think it'll it'll bring them together more than divide. Should we just OK, we went 20 minutes on it. I think we'll break that out into a quick hitter. But also, should we just roll right into Cleveland Cincinnati handicap? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So speaking of that game, we have the Cleveland Browns going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are minus two and a half. Well, luckily, we spent the last 20 minutes handicapping this, so we don't have anything more to say, right? Wrong, because we barely touched the surface. We haven't even gotten into matchups. Um, Everybody and their mother that has a brain is going to say, Joe, Alex, how can you possibly handicap this game? You were wrong about the Browns last week, and you're so clearly biased. And I will say to them, okay then let's play it simple. Alex, you've developed a tried and true manner of sussing out what I really think my handicap should be about a game. 
It's really complex. You ask me, what is the team's, what is one team's kryptonite? The Browns kryptonite is a combination of, aside from Kevin Stefanski having nothing between his legs, uh, the Browns kryptonite is a combination of stuffing the run and putting Baker under significant pressure. Cincinnati will be good against the run, not great. They'll be good. And Cincinnati will put some pressure on Baker, but probably not a ton. Uh, we talked about Hans. He is a solid offensive tackle. I I would argue that this year Hans has been better than Wills, and I think that Wills is a fine offensive tackle. So I would say they have B tackles right now. On the other side, White Lightning in Trey Hendrickson and uh, what the fuck's his name? Hubbard? Sam Hubbard? There we go. I was going to call him Clay for some stupid reason because I'm mixing up all my white edge rushers. Um... No, so you've got you've got White Lightning over there. They're both two athletic, good edges who will get after your quarterback. But the interior leaves something to be desired. Uh, our old friend Larry Ogunjobi is still mids as fuck. He's he's had a good season. They moved him to three tech, and he's he's had. I mean, it's it's the Larry we always saw, which is he flashes, but yeah. he's been solid. I'm I'm PFFing it just to because I haven't been truly. Yeah, I mean PFF has a 58 on him, so he's fine. I, yeah. He's probably better than that 58, but you're not game planning for Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, do they have... DJ Reader. I was going to say DJ Reader. Um, I get him confused with Christian Covington because uh, they were both on the Texans for a minute. But Reader is a better nose guard. He's better than Ogunjobi. He's a good nose guard. But in passing situations, he's nothing. So it's going to be very easy for them to get their guards out against those tackle or against those edges. So it'll probably be double teaming both edges one-on-one up the center with your center and whichever guard is not double-teaming. And I think that that'll leave plenty of time for Baker. And then I don't like the Bengals' secondary. Jesse Bates has been terrible this year. Have you noticed that one? Yeah, he's been he's been like a backup level. Like yeah. actively bad. And this is, this is a guy that I took a really long time to come around on because I didn't think he was good. I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. And then, you know, PFF is in love with him tape guys on twitter are in love with him and i'm like okay fine i'll give him a b plus a minus grade because i had him at a b minus to a b forever and uh i finally moved him up to an a minus this summer and he sucks dicks not for fun um i all you know eli apple's not going to continue being a good corner i mean he hasn't been good but like he's not going to continue being serviceable you will notice him a la mike white torching this defense um the Bengals are massively overrated. I think their defense is subpar. And I think that, again, the Browns are not only are the Browns going to pull out every stop in that they are going to utilize their offense to its fullest potential rather than being hampered by the expectations and, you know, demands of Odell. But I think that they're going to pull out the trick plays if they have to. They're going to go heavy play action on first down. They're going to throw downfield and go spread wide. Like they're going to use all the tricks in their bag that they don't use against teams they think they can beat. Yeah, I think the... The version of the Steelers we saw last week where they're pulling out, you know, all kinds of fakes and a bunch of misdirection, trying to move eyes on trick plays. I think we're going to see the Browns do the same thing. A division game that the Browns really need this win. Cincinnati needs the win because they just got embarrassed by the Jets last week. And they went from, you know, tops in the division to now they're, they're dropping out and have a division game. But this is this is where the Browns thrive. You're right in that they're they're gonna play desperate. I think they they're going to then be forced to throw, which is good for them. I can only hope that they get David and Joku more targets because he's been great this year. 
And the, I mean, the, the Bengals, I think Logan Wilson, I think is his name. The guy from Wyoming a couple years ago, he's played pretty well for him and he's got some coverage ability, but I like I him. I, there, I don't think there's anyone that, especially with Jesse Bates not playing well, Njoku should have a lot of opportunity, and Baker and him have been having success. So I, I hope they, they play a lot of – they go to a lot of tight end heavy stuff, but I agree with you. We'll see a ton of play action, a lot of a, a lot of gadget stuff. I'm excited. I think the, the Browns should be able to win on the, on the offensive line, even – with those solid edge rushers and worst case i think they're totally okay with their leaving in a tight end to help block and they have really good blocking tight ends so i don't worry about pressure for baker i think he should be solid i do worry a little bit about the receivers beating man coverage because they've had issues with that in the past but i think stefanski is going to actually make it easier on them this week and as far as the bengals offense they're going to get a couple big plays that feel crushing, but I don't think they're going to be able to be consistently good enough to, you know, go score 35 points and make the Browns score every time they touch the ball. You know why the Bengals are going to get passed on? So why is that? they've got Mike Hilton in the slot, who's, he's still good. Um, And he, guess how old Mike Hilton is? I would have guessed, I would have been wrong. Is it like 28? About 28. I would have guessed like 32. I would have guessed he was old as shit. Um, so Mike Hilton's still decent in the slot, despite being small. Fine. Chidobe Awuzie has actually been pretty good. I mean, he's exactly what he's always been, which is like, you want this guy as your cornerback too, and not an inch more. Eli Apple, uh, he started off the season really well, but he, he sucks again. Like he's remembering that he's Eli Apple? Yeah. Ba- basically, yeah. And then we forgot the peace day resistance. Um, Trey Waynes? No, they have they don't have him anymore. I don't think. I think he's hurt. Oh, he's always hurt. Um, they have poor man's the best in the nation. They have the poor man's Jamal Adams in Von Bell. I forgot about Von Bell. Yeah, he's starting as a safety, dude. Yeah, he's starting strong, isn't he? So they need to go two tight ends. All fucking, of course, fucking. Finally, Stefanski is going to be aggressive, but if he's smart, he's not going to go four wide for the first time all fucking year. He should go two tight ends. It should be Hooper and Njoku. I think it should be Harrison Bryant and Njoku, but that's a little bit of irrational hatred for Austin Hooper based on expectations. Um, Paid like a great tight end, has never played like anything other than a very average tight end. But Harrison Bryant's probably not any better, just taller. Um... Yeah, I think you should go Hooper and Njoku and just whichever one Von Bell covers, deep. Because <laughs> he's going to cover one of them. They're going to put, they're probably going to end up putting Wilson on a running back because they run a really base heavy defense. So they're probably going to end up putting Wilson, their best cover backer, who's still just okay. They're going to put him on whichever running back runs any pattern. And then they're going to put Bell and Bates singled up on tight ends. And they're going to think that, that they can live with that. And they're going to think wrong so do that and then try to target eli apple with probably dpj no you gotta go crafty with him i would do landry whatever there is a way to do this this defense is weak should we address the Bills offense because we haven't focused on that and everybody is telling us that you know jamar chase is a fucking problem okay so i i mentioned this a little bit but they're going to have a big maybe two it's going to happen there's going to be two 40-plus yard chunk plays. Whether they end up in scores or or not is a different question. But we know they're going to get some big plays 
likely to Jamar Chase. But I think the question is, can they consistently score? Because for the most part, their offense outside of, you know, like the Lions and the Ravens is not great where they they have, you know, three drives in a row that go nowhere. And then they go and they have a big play to Jamar. Or they set up one good drive and then they have two back to back where they score. And then it goes to nothing for a little bit. So it, they just don't have the consistency. And I think that's their biggest question is can the Browns stop them enough or give them enough problems that the offense can just outpace it? See, okay, so first of all, Jamar Chase is overrated. He's oh, good. Yes. He's a good he's a good wide receiver. He should be in your top two wide receivers. Like you want him on your team and you want him to be your wide receiver two. He can be your wide receiver one, but you're not happy with it. I mean, you're probably happy with it because you're probably an idiot that just looks at highlights on Twitter. But if you watch Jamar Chase play by play, He's not doing a lot of the winning on his own. It's a lot of flukes and a lot of scheme. Anyhow, like, put it this way. I think Greg Newsom can lock Jamar Chase up like a dog in a cage. I think Greedy Williams could probably do the same. I think Greedy would have a little bit of problem with him just because Greedy has zero lateral ability. And Jamar Chase isn't great at it, but he has at least some. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think Greg Newsom's a really good matchup for him. Dude, I've been impressed with Greedy's lateral movement. I've been really impressed with Greedy this year. Greedy has looked good so far. And that that would be kind of sweet if Greedy turned out good and Greg Newsom continues to uh, play well. But you know what? Fuck the wide receivers because it really comes down to Joe Burrow's just not very good. He's he's Kirk Cousins. Every time I see him, it gets stronger. Like that comparison is so tight. He's Kirk Cousins with a little bit more Moxie. Moxie only takes you so far. And then that offensive line's been getting some flowers lately because they've been they've been thwarting defensive lines that are known to be just fucking murderers rows such as what's left of the ravens no the jets <laughs> when's the last time the bengals played who the giants the lions uh oh. the the steelers are the last legitimate defense they played and they didn't have didn't they not have watt for like half the game i was gonna say i don't think they had watt yeah so they haven't played anyone legitimately with you. yeah they're not they're not facing any pressure i like jonah williams at left tackle He's a very, very good technician. You know what a technician's nightmare is? Well, it might be Jadevian Clowney, but it could also be Miles Garrett. And either way, <clears throat> on the other side, you got Riley Reef, who basically gets by off of knowing what he's supposed to do. Again, he cannot hang with those edges. And then on the inside, Quentin Spain and Jackson Carmen and Trey Hopkins, those are three terrible guards. And the Browns this year, people might not know, but they have two really good defensive tackles. Malik Jackson's fine. I think he's solid. But Malik McDowell has stopped robbing people and drinking alcohol, which means he's playing really good football because those are the three things he does. Yeah, McDowell has fallen off a little bit the last few weeks where he went from you know, the crazy disruptive force he was to now he's, you know, a solid D tackle. But they have they have solid D tackles for sure. Uh, not people have worry about. And then with those edges. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. I like Jonah Williams. I think when he's on the field, he's a solid starting tackle that you, you don't really have to worry about too much. But it's a bad matchup for him. Exactly as you said, the the pure just crazy athleticism for Miles Garrett is going to be because that's the one thing Miles does. Miles has like two moves, but he's just faster than you and can bend at an incredible rate that you just can't keep up with him. I do worry about so Uzoma or Uzama or however the fuck you say his name, he's not actually good. He's a lot of what Austin Hooper does, which is just like he's competent and large, so he gets yards by default. Um, 
but the Browns have do they have the worst safeties in the NFL or like just bottom three? They're uh, they're well, if we're talking about coverage, they they might be the worst. I only care about coverage, so they might be the worst because John Johnson at best is a savvy box safety, and they have him playing single high. Ronnie Harrison is a piece of shit who's also not good at football, and Grant Delpit is Taylor Mays, and Taylor Mays was a bad linebacker. So yeah, they. I mean, we we talked about this a little bit of worrying of they had kind of the three the same type of player they just had three of them at safety of a bunch of dudes that should be a linebacker safety hybrid i think john johnson is a little bit more he could be a safety but he's a box safety like they don't have anyone that is a center fielder and that has been an issue i think it's also some browns uh writers have talked about it that it seems like a lot of guys are just trying to play hero ball and ronnie harrison especially seems like that and maybe it's just because we've caught him and he's gotten burned for i don't know three touchdowns four touchdowns but it's like they're trying to jump routes and like play robber or something and they're just wrong and it's a quarters coverage so they're not supposed to be jumping routes and trying to rob stuff so i think some of it is like you just have to calm them down but regardless they're never going to be great at coverage and that is and has been a weakness for them and that's why I think they're guaranteed to get a deep ball. Like on one of the plays that the corners get beat, there's going to be a safety out of position because it happens every single Browns game that Jamar Chase or Uzama or somebody is going to get a 60-yard play. I think this game is going to go in the – this is going to be an over. This will be like a 30-24 to 24 game. But I think, I think the Browns so well. I think the Browns went outright. And so personally, I have three units on this game. I have – one unit on Browns minus one, one unit on Browns minus two, and then one unit on Browns plus three. Uh, because I figured, why the fuck would I take money line when I would take minus two at the exact same rate and I'm getting an extra 30 cents of juice? So I did that. I'm I'm not quite as confident. Shocker. I do think, so I, I have two units on them, one at plus three, one at plus two and a half. And I, I like both of those because I think, it's going to be a close game. I do think it's probably going to be around 30 for each team. I think it's 30-27 game or 31-30. Somewhere in that range is likely, at least from my somewhat educated guess. But I could see the Browns losing in a just a last possession situation. The, the Bengals kicker is good. The Browns defense has not been great in those you know, late game situations we need to stop. Or any general passing situation right. against, well, unless they get pressure. But this is exactly what the Bears did. The Bears have a shitty secondary, and the Bears just fucking killed Joe Burrow. He played like shit because he saw a little bit of pressure and he threw easy picks. Yeah, so I think the, the Browns for sure have that opportunity, but I I still worry too much about them being able to get off the field and play consistent. Like, it's not that they get beat. It's just that people go to the wrong places. That's the worst part about it is that it's not really that often where a guy just, you know, is a step behind or the receiver jumps over him or anything like that. It's just so many busted coverages. And while that seems like something that should stop, we can't count on it until we see him stop. But that's where I, I don't fully trust the Browns to win outright. But I do think that it's going to be at worst a last possession game. And the Megals might win by a field goal. 
or you know somebody's gone for two so i think worst case it's going to be low scoring i could definitely see the browns losing by a couple points though and that's why i took on the plus i might throw money line just because i'm i'm going all in on the uh on the Browns circling the wagons and rebounding and coming together, but we'll see. I do think the Browns are the right bet. Do you know why the Browns are going to win outright? Why is that? Because right now the Browns are plus three versus the Patriots next week, and God won't let us have that line. <laughs> Browns are going to win by 15, and then that line will shoot to Browns minus three, and we will only get one week of value out of this play. Because I if that line stays the way it is and nothing dramatic happens with the Browns off the field, I'm probably going to put five units on the Browns. I see what you're saying. I will counter with the Browns will play a very good game and still lose in the last minute. So the Browns will get points back and the Patriots will lose to the Panthers this week. So the Browns are still going to lose and we still won't get the line. There is a way that the football gods double fuck me. And that's normally what happens. So I'm going to count you airtight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, get I'm, me fired in ten years. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know about that recurring theme, man. Because um, <laughs> it's actually going to happen. Um, I know, especially because right now at work, I'm doing the same kind of document review that got John Gruden busted. And every time I read an email, I'm thinking like, I can get this get fired. <laughs> no emails, man. Especially because my client's a fucking Patriots fan piece of shit. I didn't say that. I might have to bleep that. I was about to say. I probably would. Just, again, you, you know, no risks with uh, getting that bar passage letter and then that no longer part of the bar letter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I might bleep that. We'll see. Uh, nah, fuck it. We're going to keep it in. Let's do another. Bleep it. 